Authority Issues, a podcast about leadership management and wondering if I'll ever talk to Kendall again. Oh, hi! Yes. Yes. Rachel Perkins, aka Pie or Pie Bob. I'm into words, operations, cheese, and whiskey, and of course, leadership. And I'm Kendall Miller, and I believe that time and messiness will heal all moss. All moss. Maybe not my wounds. Uh, I don't know. It felt quippy at the time. I can tell from (laughs) your face that the audience reaction will also be positive. Mm, (laughs) It'll be be curious. Um, Today on the show, we're talking about friendship. Is it really the journey in a work context? Do you really need to make friends at work? That's what we're talking about today. Do you so. need to find a work spouse? That's the other question because a lot of people I, have that a work always spouse. makes me so uncomfortable when people talk about that. But let's, as you always like to do, let's catch up for a little bit before we dive into the topic at hand. Yeah, what's going on with you? How is Port Townsend? How exciting or not exciting has it been since we last spoke? And uh, what's going on in your very distant neck of the woods? My parents came and visited your neck of the woods since we last talked. I think. Really? Um, and you didn't send them over to uh, to meet me? I'm No, I'm remember stressed. I well, I pinged you about them. You probably don't remember. Oh, I do I, remember uh, this. Yeah. Sorry, it's early for me. Yeah. Well, it's not early anymore, but I'm not quite awake yet. And it's and it's late for me. That's the problem. So, apologies to everyone. The reason we are not podcasting regularly is Kendall can't get his shit together and is up <laughs> way too far. It's five o'clock p.m. my time, so I'm about to sign off. Rachel's just waking up. And that's why this hasn't happened more is because the time zone is not a thing I've figured out how to make work. I talk to America way too much, way too late into the evening, and I'm trying to reduce any of that that I can. So that's why it's been slower. Anyways, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Is, but, I'm not uh, a priority. It's fine. I understand. <laughs> uh, if it was just, just talking kidding. to Rachel, that's very different. Also, it takes a lot less time than uh, a show recording does to just catch up with Rachel. Uh, yeah, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I don't know what's anyway, going on. So... One exciting piece of news is yesterday I learned that my <laughs> cask of whiskey, which has been bottled, was bottled this past August, uh, finally got put on a ship or is actually leaving the distillery, leaving the distillery yesterday and is going to be on a ship to the U.S. Uh, arriving on April 7th. Wait, this so... is a bottle or a barrel? Are you getting it's an a... entire Cooper <clears throat> worth? Well, it was an entire cask. It has now been bottled. It's 186 bottles. And that's what I'm getting. Yet. And did you buy this 18 years ago before it started to age? Or when did you buy it? I did. It was uh, that this distillery's um, cask program. A lot of times when a a whiskey distillery is um, trying to get started again, this was this one is Brooklotti. I don't know if any, it's it's a pretty, pretty well known at this point, but um when when they take over a, a distillery that hasn't been in operation for a while or, or trying to start something up, they will do something to raise funds in the near term. <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, and uh, so that they have some some funding on hand, and they'll sell they'll sell essentially whiskey futures. So you prepay for a cask, and you might have some say over how it's you know how it's peated or what sort of cask they use, et cetera. And then that's it. You wait, you pay after a while, you pay cask storage. So they gave me 10 years free with this cask. And then since 10 years, I've been paying, I don't know, 15 pounds a year to have it aged in their, um, in their aging facility. And I've gone to visit it a couple times, pat it on the cask and say, good job and taste it. 
And finally, uh, it is, I decided it was ready to bottle uh, in October of 2021. I sent in the forms and then they finally got around to bottling it in August of last year, 2022. And after lots of paperwork and back and forth and label approvals and like, there's all sorts of laws about how this works. And also it's just slow, slow stuff at the distillery. It's not their primary function to prepare a cask to be shipped somewhere. <clears throat> so yeah, I'm very excited. I'm excited to finally this get amazing, this. I mean, that is a lot of whiskey. How much do you feel like you need to share with me? And how much do you plan to keep to yourself? If you come and visit me, I will give you some whiskey. I'm not shipping this stuff anywhere, but I'm certainly, I'm not going to sell it to anyone. I'm just going to be giving it away. So it was super fun. It was or a great, you can have a a great investment every day for half a year. <laughs> This will totally make me much happier. Yeah. <laughs> what a great uh, idea. Much yeah. more something. Much more something. <clears throat> indeed. Indeed. Uh, so that is the new and exciting news here. Um, That's very exciting. Other than that, it's just a little cold. We had a very exciting, super loud hailstorm the other night. I guess uh, some people were calling it more knowledgeable about the cold weather. It was calling it grouple which I think is like a Midwestern word for a particular kind of hail. Very tiny hail yeah. that like accumulates in big drifts. That was pretty wild. And I have sky skylights uh, next to my room. And so I woke up at like 4.10 on Monday morning, like, holy crap, what is going on? So loud. Yeah, so there was a lightning was storm last night here that was loud enough to wake me up. And that's unusual, but uh, uh, that's interesting. Hail, yeah. that's exciting. Yeah, well, I don't know how much that happens where you are at the moment. Yeah. I mean, it's not cold, right? Like I'm in, I'm in a t-shirt. I mean, it's it's sweatshirt weather. It's um, 16. I, I changed everything over to Celsius, oh, and I've been trying how to European get you well, are. The, the problem is, is that the temperature here only fluctuates between 10 and about 25 Celsius. So I, I I'm learning how to recognize what those feel like, but. Uh, what so 16 is let's see 10 is 50 and 20 is 70 so this is like 63 64 ish in that range uh 62 anyways yeah it's still pretty nice i mean it's it's not sunny and it's not warm um which it should be most of the year actually everybody who's local is complaining that this year's weather has been terrible <laughs> it's uh, your fault but, uh, you you brought on the bad weather kendall you you're you're Harbinger I mean, I was out kayaking two weeks ago. It's hard to complain. There is a there is a bike race going on right now, um, like a professional bike race, and it's stopping like the the first leg, or actually, I don't know if it's the first leg or the fifth leg, but ends here today. And so uh, there's a whole bunch of buses downtown. The main street is blocked off, and uh, oh, there is a main street. You're not watching it. Oh, I would love to see it, but I think I think it wrapped up two hours ago, and I was on calls when it was. Oh right! Oh right! It's the I end of your day. recording or something. Yeah, I'm, I am actually. I have a a bike friend who's flying in from Barcelona in uh, in March, and he and I are going to go ride a lot of these same roads. So we're cool. gonna we're gonna go on a four day trip uh, across the Algarve, so the south part of Portugal, which I is exciting. Rebooting stuff. Uh, so uh, if the world is aware, like there's been a sort of migration away from Twitter. <laughs> And I see, What's I see that? you on Mastodon. Oh, uh, on I am your, on Mastodon. On your bike instance. 
Yeah, well, so it turns out there is a instance called uh, toot.bike, which made me very happy. That was part yeah. of my Mastodon adoption, was finding an instance that I was excited to just be a part of. Uh, mm. And it has both the words toot and bike in it, which makes me ideal. Uh, yeah, and it's it's largely operator. Now, I, I did do one of those migration things where it found everybody that was on Twitter mm -hmm. that's now on Mastodon. So my my feed has become much more tech and politics and stuff that makes me less happy. Uh, but mm -hmm. I have way more things to look at. I used to have a lot less on Mastodon, but it was almost all bike content, which does make me happy. Um, when I want to escape from life, reading about politics and tech is less of an escape than I would like, but, uh, I but I moved, I moved to Mastodon forever ago when you initially did, you were the one who told me about it actually, like, was that 2018 or something? And yeah. I, I stood up an instant and I fiddled around. And, yeah, it was <clears throat> unimpressive. I mean, Twitter wasn't a complete and total shit show at the time. And now I, I really don't understand. I wish everybody would leave because I don't really understand why people are still on Twitter and it's really, really, really difficult to use now. Uh, but, <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. Know. I don't. I'm looking at it maybe once every couple of days just to see if I've missed anything important. But yeah, most of the time, what I'm interested in is now happening on Mastodon. But yeah, I enjoyed that you were on this toot.bike instance. And you can always just switch to the local view if you don't want to see any of the other nonsense. Although, was it you I right, saw I posting that. about like, I don't want to hear about, you know, uh, politics around bikeable cities. I just want to hear about awesome bike rides. That's pretty much what you want. Well, there's some like, come on, on the bike <laughs> tooting instance, there's a whole bunch of people who are like, we should bike in our cities. Cars are bad. And I'm like, okay, look, like, hello. I agree. You know, we're yeah. the choir. And you know, we don't need to be pre Um that's, yeah, that's a, I guess you just can't turn off a, like toots to your own local instance. You, you need to, whatever you're saying is going out to everywhere, so. Uh, yeah, but it's it been an, an interesting, fun. it's a lot more like Tumblr, which I've also been on forever. I think Tumblr uses the same underlying defederated protocol. Um, really? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I think it's very similar. And there's the similar really? idea of uh, you mostly you repost other people's contents and sometimes, oh, well, hello. Uh, sometimes you make a, um, a post of your own, but a lot of the time you're just showing, you're just pushing around other people's stuff and looking at it and making comments on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So it's cool. I love um, Tumblr. Yeah. I mean, I remember Tumblr from back in the day, but I thought it was like almost entirely just porn now. So maybe. I oh no, no, no. The porn is hilarious, but it's not the main part. It's all, it's <laughs> fandoms. For me, it's almost uh, all fandoms. Yeah. I have a lot of wild, oh, a wild stuff, but anyway, uh, yeah. Hey. So, so you have a bunch of whiskeys shipping in. You're doing mm -hmm. well. Happy yeah. in retirement. You're not miserable and bored. You're having fun playing all the Dungeons and Dragons and yes. enjoying a vape pen of of nicotine. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Nicotine's gross. Do you know what that? <laughs> <laughs> you want some fine THC. That's what you want. THC. THC. Uh -huh. I wish I liked that stuff. I don't. So, um, yeah, and then on my end, gosh, there's a lot going on. The move has been complicated. Uh, everybody's doing fine. I wouldn't say we're like thriving. Uh, there's a there's a lot yeah. of messiness to to where we are. But um, I have to pause and take a drink of my tea because my throat is scratchy. But um, I, there's there's also a lot of fun going on. I, I've had a lot of fun at work. There's a couple of different clients that I'm working with that I'm really enjoying. Um, 
We started another company in December. So there's this thing, CTO lunches that I've been a part of for a long time, mm -hmm. uh, where it's just CTOs and P senior engineering leaders who get together and uh, have lunch. And I start, I joined the group when I was VP of engineering. Um, I've been participating in the Denver chapter for a very long time. And um, we decided to try to earn some money on it so that we could invest deeper in it. And uh, this is an interesting, I went to the guy who started it and said, hey, I think you can make a business out of it. And here's how I think you can do it. And he waited a few months and came back and said, okay, I want to do this, but I want you to come do it with me. And I'm like, well, shit, now I got to find out if my <laughs> advice is any good. Uh, it's one thing to be on the side of advice where I give it and none of the repercussions are my problems, but now I'm dealing with all of the, yeah. So um, <laughs> so we're, we're growing CTO lunches. We're working really hard at it. It's a lot of fun. We now have a paid tier of it. We're taking advertisements uh, and I'm doing a lot of traveling to try to build up some of it. So I put on a CTO lunch in Lisbon about three weeks ago. I did one in Paris last week. I'm doing Ooh. one in London at the end of this month, or I guess it's the 2nd of March. Um, so I'm traveling around, starting some new chapters of this, trying to get people into the top of the funnel. Just, just the free, like the vast majority of people are just meeting for lunch and there's a free listserv. And so that's, that's what we're working on. But then trying to turn that into a business. Um, and... Yeah, there's, tra I mean, part of the excitement about Europe is everything's close and there's lots of places to go and see. And I've been, I've been to a lot of places and we take a yeah, lot of like. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, even like a weekend trip. Like one, one day we found out the schools were striking. There's been a ton of strikes, which is affecting my yeah. kids and it's affecting lots of things in an annoying way. But, but we're getting the full Europe experience in, in, in air quotes. Um, and, you know, we, we knew there was a strike coming. And so we jumped in the car on a Thursday and drove over to Sevilla. Uh, you know, that's only two and a half hours from us and yeah. uh, spent three days there and then drove home. And like, that's super cool. We can do that. And like, went up to Porto a few weeks ago in the north of Portugal. And um, we're actually flying the whole family to France on Saturday. And, uh, you know, there's <laughs> just a lot of, we can just clunk around. Everything's close and it's cheap and it's fun. So um, yeah, I forget I'm having a lot like. of fun from that perspective. Yeah, That's cool. Are you taking any trains or is the train service super disrupted like it is here? Um, no, so we do take, we do take a few trains and we've taken a few trains across Portugal where we are is not accessible by train to the rest mm. of Europe. Like we're just okay. way too far away. And the only train line that comes to this particular city ends in this city is the last stop. There's only like four trains that run. It only runs three times a day. So it's not particularly oh, wow. useful. Um, you can get all the way to Lisbon on it, but it's, it's, you know, about it takes the same. a long time time as a bus well it's not it's not longer it's just not any faster it's a lot more pleasant and when we go to lisbon we take the train uh but to get to porto is you know three hours longer by train than it is by car um, oh that's disappointing that, so. yeah yeah that sounds like US train service. In, <laughs> well they're updating a lot of it and uh you know the problem is is this peninsula i'm i'm on the very very tip of europe right like i am literally a 20 minute drive to the absolute tip of europe uh, so like mm -hmm. this is, we are way the hell out there. So to get from here just to say Paris is like a 27 hour train ride. And then you can get to the rest of Europe. Um, so yeah. that's the yeah, problem. Yeah. Paris All is really right. sort of the end of what's connected, but yeah. Okay. Anyways. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, so yeah, let's talk about friendship. Yeah. Pivot, pivot and talk friendship at work. Uh, what did you have in mind when you teed up this idea? Um, I don't even remember now uh, why I thought about this. Um, something came up on the Rand's leadership Slack or something about uh, about someone being friends with someone at work and it not working out or something like that. I really don't remember. But 
I had had this thought a few times where I remember when I was first, you know, coming into the working world and working in tech at a, a startup <clears throat> and that all the people I worked with were my friends. You know, I didn't, yeah. uh, I, I went through a, a, a couple of companies that were kind of raver tech startups. And so we would work hard Wait. all week. They were your friends before you would meet them at work and they would become friends or they were friends and that's how you found the job? Uh, more the the former. I met them on the job and they became my friends yeah. because I was spending so much time at work. And I think this is pretty common, sure. right? You, yeah, you're in your, in your early 20s and you are right. working nonstop. And at that time, it was the first dot-com boom um, in the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh and so we would work hard all week and then we would party hard all weekend and, and then go back to work. <clears throat> and so there was not a lot of opportunity. Yes, exactly. Sorry. Party hard all weekend. Um, and over time that was totally fine, but I definitely, in comparison to my later jobs, I've been among the older people working there and um, arriving at work. And I already have a full complement of friends and I have my own life and I have my husband and I, you know, I don't have a lot of time to socialize uh, with people at work. Or I don't have a lot of energy to do it more likely. It's just, um, I wonder if that kind of thing affects your ability to do well at work. If you're like, oh, I don't want to go have drinks with people after work. I don't want to get on this for, for this most recent job. It was more like, I don't want to be on a zoom party you know, for this yeah. fully distributed company. Uh, I don't want to do the donut calls to get to know people kind of thing. Uh, donut is a <clears throat> an app for a Slack where it pairs you up with other people to talk about stuff, um, whatever you want, just to kind of make it easier to work remotely with people. And it's a cool idea. I'm just, I've become way more introverted as I get older. So um, I guess there's two things. Do you need to be friends with people at work in order to do well at work in general, to progress, to make promotions happen, that kind of stuff to move up. Uh, and is it, uh, is it a good idea also like outside of that context to have all your friends be work friends, that kind of stuff. Well, and then I want to talk about it. So let's, let's address those two. And then I want to talk specifically about the leadership dynamic and how that affects it, especially when oh, a friend yeah, works for yeah, you yeah. or you work for That's a friend and, yeah. uh, or when you're at the top of an organization and there's no such thing as uh, peers because then it's, it's, it's lonelier and harder to make friends anyways. But uh, start with those first things. Like I, I don't know about, and I, and I wonder how my, how, if your answer is different than the white man answer around like, well, I probably don't need friends to progress at work. I can probably, I mean, you need allies. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think in a big company, you really need somebody who's higher up in the organization, who likes you, understands you, you have something, you know, like for me, that was, and this is so stereotypical, it's a little embarrassing. I'm no longer the bearded guy wearing flannel. I'm wearing t-shirts and I have earrings and no beard right now. So uh -huh. I've come along with earrings. Um, those Very are nice, nice, aren't they? I yeah. really like these. They're, they're big and yellow and they make me happy. Um, anyways, the... But in, in, you know, early in my career, it was a guy who is a senior, you know, VP level and liked cigars. And he just was excited that I liked cigars. So anytime the organization had a big gathering and we were both there... He wanted to come hang out with me because I was going to have a cigar with him, which, you know, when I'm 23 or 25 or 28 or whatever it was, because it was all through my 20s, 
um, you know, having this 55 year old, 60 year old guy that had been around the organization for forever and was very, very senior in the organization who wanted to sit down and have a cigar with me was like super helpful for my career yeah. and helpful for me yeah. understanding what's going on in the organization and fun. Like, and it was, I really enjoyed hanging out with the guy, but, mm -hmm. uh, so I think it can be beneficial, but I think in a lot of situations it's not necessary. And, uh, I think it can also get complicated, but I also think it's normal. Like. They, I read some articles that in COVID, all these kids get out of college, they missed their last year of college, you know, they weren't with any of their friends their last year of college, and they get to the workplace, and they can't connect with anybody in the workplace, and some of them moved across the country to then work remote, and they're all just lonely as hell, and I imagine that's a serious yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what I would have been, like, how my life would have turned out if my first few years of working in the tech world had been during a, a pandemic like this is i have a right. lot of sympathy and 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 i don't i can't say that i can relate to how it feels but um i i feel bad for those kids because it was a really important part of my formative time to work on this pro you know these these te technologies and products with people and then party with them as well you kind of feel really aligned like how much of that is real you know i don't know yeah. How much of that was an ecstasy fueled, like, oh, we all love each other and are also <laughs> super depressed on Monday mornings because we've dumped out all oh, our no. serotonin. <clears throat> but like, uh, yeah, I'm sure that also caused a fair amount of drama. I'm just so anti-drama that I tried to avoid all of that. Well, but I think that this ties directly into the leadership side, which is when you're new in an organization, you're at the bottom of the organization. There's nobody but peers and above you. And so it's easy to be friends with anybody. There's no dynamics to have to worry about. And when you get older, you know, yeah. it's, it's one thing when like the first leadership positions or, okay, before I had leadership positions, anybody who was nearby me was a peer and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, they, we all had the same boss and our boss drove us nuts. And that was a thing to, to bond over or, uh, you know, or, or we liked the boss. I mean, let's be honest, how often did that happen? But, um, you know, so, so there's some amount of like, you're both in a difficult situation, you're both figuring things out. So it's really easy to make friends with those people. And, and I actually think some of my best work friends are people who, when we had a particularly bad boss where the organization was going through a really hard time, like you do bond with those people because it's mm -hmm. that, the, the fight going through the fire together. Right. right. Um, and you feel like you were in the trenches with somebody through something really, really hard, like uh, that knits you together, even when you don't always get along. Um, but th the first leadership position I had when all of a sudden, everybody I was working with was now reporting to me. Um, it's weird. It gets yeah. weird. Well, and it's different when some of them are volunteers than when they're all paid. It's different when you're a low level manager. It's different when you're the only leader. Like there was one mm -hmm. time where it was me and then 15 reports. And there was no other, there was no other peers even in the city that I lived in. Right. And, uh, I was friends with everybody on my team, but also their boss. And that makes everything messy. What did you uh, do then when, I mean, were you lonely? I mean, I, rem I have a distinct memory on my 25th birthday. I think it was my 25th birthday. This was in China. Uh, yeah. In China. So I'm leading uh -huh. a team of, I can't remember eight, nine people. It might've been 10 at the time. And, uh, and I was good friends with most of them, really good friends. But on my birthday, I was like, I don't want to go hang out with them. And there was a new guy who had just come to town. He was an American guy who, uh, like worked for Starbucks for forever and was just like, fuck it. I'm going to China and have this adventure. And he, he was like a year younger than me or so, but had kids around the same age. And, uh, I just called him up and I was like, Hey, you want to 
smoke a pipe. So apparently tobacco plays a prominent role in all. Yeah. And your friendships. Uh, (laughs) But he just, he showed up and and we, we sat around and smoked pipes and he, he didn't even know it was my birthday. And I was like, I'm way happier to be spending my birthday this way than I am with all of my coworkers who I had a great relationship with and really enjoyed. But I just wanted, Mm -hmm. I wanted one night where I didn't have to have my guard up at all. You didn't and, have to uh, wonder whether it was being kind of transactional, whether it was like, oh, they're just being nice to me because I'm the boss. Like, I guess since they were your friends anyway, then that's no, not so really I, a thing you were worried about. No, I, I, I was much less worried about their being nice. They were friends enough. I'm not worried about their being uh-huh. nice to me because I'm worried like that you're going to say something. I can't something really have a beer and let my guard down. What if, right. well, okay. what if I say the wrong thing and it comes across like, like even a jab with men like to poke fun at each other. That's how we what? communicate a lot of times. Yeah. That's, and so like even a true. normal jab uh, <laughs> is different when you're the boss. And then, and then I want to also yeah. say like, so one of the things I like about this group that we're doing the CTO lunches is there's particularly high up in the organization, like, Sure, a CTO has peers, but their peer is like the COO, who is a completely different person and thinks about the world in a different way and values different. And you might be great friends even at work, like don't get me wrong, but you're lonely because you're the senior most technical person and there's things that, you know, I can't voice my opinion on Rust, I'm the CTO, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I can't, because even my joking about it is gonna really piss somebody off in a meaningful way. Or when you're CEO, like it's, it is just lonelier and different and you have to, I feel like at those phases, at those stages, you cannot have friends at work. Like you can't. Yeah. You can that's have what you're sacrificing to rake in the cash, right? And to, to be the leader. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes no, sense. And I, I had mean, the same experience going up. I mean, I have not made it up into the executive suite, but being uh, becoming the leader of a group and having to be a fun person to be around, but also like retire away from the social happenings to make sure that they don't get interrupted by me being there kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and when they're getting there, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a role for humor at work. There's a role for humor as a boss. There's a role for letting your guard down and being human. And then there's times where you're like, Hey, like, so I have, I have managed a friend that I really like and have had to go to several times and be like, what the fuck is happening? Why are you not producing X, Y, or something? Mm. Like, why is this not happening? And, and it's and it's hard to make that switch. Yeah. And then even when that person stopped working with me and I stayed very close, I, I consider him one of my very close friends. Um, I feel like there's always a distance between him and I that I don't, it comes up sometimes. It just bubbles up a little bit. Like, oh, even though I'm not his boss, he always sees me as this you know, he listens to me over certain things the authority that I wish he'd figure. just give me shit back. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, You're the dad in this relationship. <clears throat> yeah. yeah I, I mean, maybe more like big brother, but yeah, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, in the same way that when you go home and see your parents, no matter how old they are, you feel like little Kendall or little Rachel. And, you <laughs> oh, know, like... so cute. Uh, now I'm imagining <laughs> you as a little kid, adorable with a little beard, you know. I was an adorable little kid. Mm-hmm. I have a very cute picture of me wearing all of my mom's uh, dress-up clothes, shoes that are too big. I think Aww. I have a bra on across, across me awkwardly. Weird hats. <laughs> um, I was like Yay. four. I looked awesome. Dress up. Awesome. Yeah. So, so yeah, like, I mean, I think yeah. I think it's messy. I mean, and I don't know what what do you do if you're a leader? What did you do when you were a leader? You just find you start to find your friends elsewhere. 
Is that yeah. where you're going? And so maybe that's how this worked out. Like uh, over the course of having been at multiple companies and then rising up through those companies to become leaders, your pool of friends is reduced, but you still have the friends you made at your previous companies or at the other activities that you may have had time to do in between working. Um, that never happens. Um, so maybe that's one of the reasons that you end up as you get older, making fewer friends at work and, and becoming more, you know, distant and like, I'm yeah. done, I'm going home and I'm hanging out with my husband. I'm not, uh, staying here to have drinks and try to hook up with my coworkers kind of thing. <laughs> like, isn't that a thing that the young kids do nowadays? I can't imagine that. Like, like hooking oh, up with somebody at work and showing up in the office and trying so to be normal. Much oh, I know it's jobs. a thing, but oh, I yeah. can't, I can't, I don't think not I would now. navigate that well, but well, so I want to give one <laughs> concrete example. Well, were you done with that before I move on? Uh, I think so. I think I wanted to just want, maybe that's, that's a, a reason you just, as you get older, you have, you have outsourced your friendship situation making to outside of work because you can't, you know, maybe if I had stayed in an individual contributor role my whole career, that would be different. Uh, but I don't think that's necessarily the case. But anyway, so carry on. Yeah. Concrete example. So I have a concrete example that breaks the norm, and that was uh, when hiring a senior executive, and I'm going to just name names because I can. I don't think any of the situation's awkward. So at Fairwinds, uh, we were hiring a VP of engineering, and um, we interviewed a whole bunch of people, and a mutual friend of yours and mine called me and said, hey, did you think about this person, Elisa? And I was like, well, I did and I didn't, and I didn't get very far with it because of X, Y, Z. Do you think I'm wrong? And he's like, yeah. Anyways, ended up, I hung up the phone, called her, talked to her about the role. Um, she ended up interviewing through the process. And I remember me having to say to the rest of the executives, like when we were going to hire her, uh, hey, I really like this person. And I know that I'm incapable of seeing her objectively. So mm. just to be clear, you all think this is the right person for the role, right? Like this isn't Kendall is really strongly pushing this because I'm terrified of that because I am pushing it. And I know that I think she's going to do a great job, but I could be full of shit. And I really, really want your objective opinions because if she doesn't pan out, I really need other people's input uh, on that, right? Now we hired her into that role and it was more like a peer um, but we were very good friends going in and we're still very good friends and stay well connected. There's probably some things that being now that we work together, it does affect our relationship in some ways. There's probably certain things we can't quite talk about in the same way we used to. But um, I remember at an offsite a couple months later, maybe four or five months later, um, the CFO giving me a hard time. She's like, I don't understand your dynamic. You're like brother and sister. You're so comfortable with each other. And I was like, yeah, we're like really good friends and we're very comfortable with each other. Now, the nice thing is she, mm. you know, part of, part of why that works is there's a mutual respect in, in the uh, professional realm, right? I can call her out on shit and she can call me out on shit. And she's very blunt with me when she thinks I'm fucking up. And, and so it, it allows me to let my guard down and, um, mm -hmm. You know, which it's a, just a trusting relationship, but it's, I have made that work, uh, even at Fairwinds and she's still there and I'm still involved with Fairwinds, even though in a much different capacity, but, uh, yeah, it, it, I mean, it sounds like it's super key that you have that trust that you're in, invested in making sure that, um, 
if you give feedback, it's, it's for the benefit of everyone. It's for the benefit of the other person. It's not, I'm trying to claw up above you and stand on your shoulders kind of thing. Um, I think that, you know, because you had a relationship before you started, you can know that about each other more, you know, consistently than if you met at work, you can never know for certain whether the friendship is just a way to manipulate you to get past you or something like that. And that is definitely um, not, not to say that this situation was related to being able to manipulate people or get past them, but uh, we had a guest on and um, I am, uh, I'm not remembering their name, but they worked at a university and their job was one of those kind of jobs. Like you, you tended to work at a, in, in the staff at a university for a lot longer than you might at a tech company, yeah. for example. And so this person that she talked about, um, having patience with people's foibles and making friends and being nice and building up these relationships over long, longer periods of time, because you need to have that kind of mutual respect or at least feigned mutual respect in place in order for things to happen in order for work to proceed when there's yeah. when there's not quite the level of like you got to be pounding the ground you got to be working super hard you've got to be constantly producing that there are maybe at tech startups um at these more uh academic settings things are a little more chill i mean i don't know if that's the case now but this was a few years ago uh and I really thought that was interesting and I wanted to bring that idea into this discussion, which is strategically being nice to people at work, friends, uh, making friends because you know you're going to need them to be, you know, accepting your proposals in another department or filling out your forms or doing whatever it is you need to do to get the business going or can keep it going. Uh, I don't know if I'm po- able to do that. Like, I'm, I'm not very good at faking it. When I'm annoyed at someone, it's really hard for me to not show it. (laughs) Oh, man. So I have a whole bunch of thoughts about this. And that's that's interesting. Like one of them is it is there is business value in being overly forgiving. I, I had a guy who was a contractor who worked for me once completely fuck me over. Just come to me and say, hey, I really appreciate this introduction you made. I'm going to go around you and do this other thing for them because I can burn it to the ground. Yeah. And I was like, I I remember like kind of just being on the call, kind of astounded, like, like you're, you're telling me this to my face, even though it seems like, you know, it's wrong, but you think it's like a little bit bad form and you're just going to apologize and everything's gonna be fine. And he would stay in touch regularly. Like, Hey man, just want to give you an update on what's going on. This is, and and I'm like, this is so weird. And it has, I, I, you know, I was never going to work with him again, but it, there's other positive <laughs> business outcomes but by me not burning that bridge to the ground when I, you know, could have. Like now, there's trust is broken. There's a there's a difference there, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I can forgive and not trust again, um, but uh, there's been other things that have come out of that relationship that have been useful. And I think related to this, um. Where, where do I go with from here? The When you're 22 and you show up at work, there's a whole bunch of people at the bottom of the organization. There's tons of people to be friends with. Mm-hmm. As you go up the organization, there's less of a pool to be friends with and their friend needs are more met outside of work. Mm-hmm. And as you get older, people get fucking weird, man. What? They get weirder <laughs> and weirder. And so, like my parents are always saying, 
you know, we have to hang out with weird people because everybody's weird once you're this old. Like everybody's super weird and you just have to be okay with that. And I think mm-hmm. I think that's true. And we watch people get weirder through their career. Part of it because you just, you stop giving fucks. You st- right? Yeah, you you're, you're, right. the field in which you grow your fucks is fallow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and, nope, no and more so, fucks to give. Well, so I think it's interesting that like, at the low levels, you can afford to burn bridges because there's more friends to be made. There's more people at the lower levels. Mm. As you go up the organization, like if you're the CEO, you can't afford to have pissed off one of the execs. Like you can't, mm. you know, like That's you have to get problems. along with them. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to figure out how to get along with them because there's only eight or whatever it is. That's you why know? you go on and, executive uh, retreats together so you can be friends and work together. Oof, right? Oof. Oof. <laughs> Oof, that's Oof. a whole that's a whole other topic. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's there's all of that, and I think it's related to it the the pool getting smaller, people getting older and caring less, people also being better at certain things, and so therefore having less patience for other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah. I think I think there is business value in being overly forgiving. Now, I want to say one more thing about that, but I've been talking for like a long time in a circle. Is this okay if I keep going, Rachel? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I forgive you, Kendall. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I currently work with a person who I think is a is is a Kendall at work, and I've and it's been very entertaining for me because I'm I'm not used to being on the other side. And what I what I mean by that is, and there's there's a lot of people who are like me in different ways, but uh, what's different about this person is he thinks everything everyone does is fucking awesome. And what's fun about that is, and like, you know, there's, there's times where you worry a little bit, like, is, can he, can he judge this appropriately? Do I trust him to make, you know, Mm -hmm. the the critical judgment? And I think I, I see that he can, but like, it's, I like to think I'm like this. I'm way overly forgiving. I'm really excited to see everybody. I really like everything they do. But I have to say, when I get on a call with this guy, I'm so excited. Like, I know he's just going to be pumped to see me. Just like, hey, man, this is great. We're talking. Oh, I love talking to you. And I'm like, is this how I am? I hope that this is how I am. (laughs) What's what's funny about that situation is when I, so I, I've known people like this as well, who are super excited. They want to, you know, they want to talk and they want to, they're pumped. They'd love to see you. And like, I don't know what this says about me, but when I get on call, when I know I'm going to get on a call with someone like that, and I'm not talking about you, Kendall, I really am not. Um, I, I worry that I'm not going to be excited enough. I worry that I am not, I don't bring enough energy to the conversation. Like it's in addition to like, if you're hanging out with such a person and they are super high energy and it's, you know, that can be really fun, but it can be fucking exhausting as well. As an intro, oh, I know that I'm that. I know that I'm the person who makes people fucking exhausted. But I will say, number one, I never worry about that with you. I'm always so excited to see you. I don't care if you're excited to see me. I'm just excited to see you. And <laughs> no, I, I always two, look forward to our our conversations because we have good conversations. Um, and I definitely, I'm specifically, I did not mean this about you. I don't feel that way about you. No, it's okay. But. I have worried about that with people in the past where they're like, okay, we're going to do blah, blah, blah. And I just avoid those situations because I just, I don't I don't feel like I can care enough. I felt that way about my most recent job. And I was pretty clear about that at the end. Like it's an awesome company. Everyone is super psyched to be there. I just, I just want to be done. I can't bring enough oomph to this, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm like that a lot. And I think maybe that's something I need to work on with myself. I don't have that level of energy anymore. 
Is that like what just me getting old is going to be like? Is that, do I just need to be okay with that? Or, or what? Let's talk this, turn this into a therapy session. Totally. Um, but yeah, so I <laughs> well, think I was it's awesome for you that. when you're I excited think... to see this dude, but I would probably be like, uh, do I have something <laughs> exciting to say? I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think. But I think like, even even as it relates to me, and I know you, you're, you claim you're not talking about me, and I will claim that I believe you. Um, the uh, <laughs> uh, there's, there's times where you say something subtle that's just like so encouraging. And so like, I remember a few things you've said that you probably don't even remember uh, over the years that we've known each other that I'm like, oh, Rachel likes me. And it's I do like you. Uh, so, I wouldn't well, be doing well, I this so if I saying. did not like you, Kendall. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just say it to say like, it's, uh, uh, you don't have to bring it every time. It's okay. Um, I know that I live at an unusual level of intensity. (laughs) But I hope, I feel like you enjoy it. So it's cool. Oh yeah. And I I have a daughter who's the same way and it's kind of entertaining to see from the outside. I have seen those Um, faces. Okay. One last thing I want to say on the topic too, you and I also have two mutual friends for uh, that I'm not going to name, but uh, one whom is a very senior engineering leader at an organization who hired um, another person to, to be a report to him. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, that I'm good friends with both of them. Yeah. And well, and I, I've, I'm very good friends with both of them. And I really like, it has worked out the, the best I can tell. I don't know, maybe somebody's gonna get fired tomorrow. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But like the, <laughs> the best I can tell, uh, everything's working out and they're, they're pretty happy with it. But I know that that complicates the relationship. And I'm a little worried about like, when I travel to this one city where they both live, I always go see the two of these people. And like, they're the two people I go and hang out with. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh man, now when I hang out with them, they're not going to be able to let their guard down. Like, and I'm just going to give them shit the whole time about how they can't let their guard down, but it's going to take some of the fun out of it. I'm yes. Like, you'll like, you will identify the elephant and then make jokes about it. <laughs> constantly the entire time. Elephant, elephant. That is definitely the way to handle it. I, for you in any case, I think that is the best way to handle I, that, it. <laughs> find the situation, find what's awkward in the situation. And, and never then point it out repeatedly. <laughs> until yes. it's not awkward yes. anymore yeah no i think that's gonna right. go fine totally totally um <laughs> okay on... i feel like we covered the topic well well have i have one more thing i want to say about it which it's been kind of simmering in my brain um and it has it's still to go back to this to that to person that we interviewed a while back that i um i still i i felt a lot of like i felt like a brain explosion when we talked to her because i definitely have been accustomed to having knowing that my jobs are going to be like two to four years and that's you know that's that's generally how it works at startups and knowing that i only had to like make it work for that long with the the group of people that i'm working with but it's a hard way to find a way to say this which is you know maybe the the right way to go about it is to look for reasons to be friends with people rather than reasons like look for it rather than try and avoid it try and make like actually state to yourself these people are worth being friends with these people are worth getting to know i don't know about being friends but like getting to know finding out there is something interesting about anyone there's something worthwhile about anyone um and if you go looking for that and find it it's going to be a lot easier for you than putting you know putting your keeping everyone at arm's length at all times to protect yourself from whatever their nonsense just get the job done kind of thing i don't think i've been very like 
succinct about what I mean, but I, I feel like I want to, I want to continue to change that way more like for, for my, the rest of my life. I want to look for something to like about people rather than avoid them. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I hear you. And, and I, I think being optimistic about people finding things to be excited about. I mean, that's, that's how you stay married, Rachel. You, you, you know, you think optimistically about this other person in your life constantly, and you choose to do that. It's not always easy to do that. Uh, Mm -hmm. I can't imagine what living with a man is like. It's, it's gotta be terrible, but, um, the, uh, (laughs) but the, the, I do want to say, I think that there are at least a few politicians that we can both name that we don't want to even think one remote uh, oh, optimistic true, thing. True. Uh, so uh, there's there's limits to that. But yeah, if you're yeah, working yeah. with them, I don't know. It's in your best interest to to make that effort at work with yeah. people. Uh, if you have the bandwidth, it's it's in your best interest um, to try and make that bandwidth available so that you can have you know have a more pleasant time and that you don't miss out on someone awesome that you could be friends with after you're done working at that place as well yeah i completely agree Uh, i feel like we've been all over the place here i don't know no if we've established anything consistent about how this works because obviously people are incredibly messy um people are messy uh, that's that's always like we can conclude every episode that way wait before we go i feel like it's been several months since I've seen you. Something that you've re-read, seen, heard oh. uh, that you would recommend? Um, I have read a couple of novellas recently that I really liked. They're a two-parter. Uh, and it is a... Wow, the second one is called... A, oh, gosh. Let me look them up. Uh, because they're so good. I want everyone to read them. Do-do-do-do. Uh, I'm looking in Goodreads because I love Goodreads. I'll probably just leave all of these noises in. Yeah. So uh, this is this is by a woman named Becky Chambers, um, and okay. there it's called the Monk and Robot series: a psalm for the wild built and a prayer for the crown shy. A lot of what I read is science fiction and fantasy, um, and a lot of what is coming out lately is this kind of like post-apocalyptic wasteland type of you know trying to make a scrabble out hard living and digging up the technology of the ancient peoples and stuff like that um this was incredibly positive and wonderful and uh i am totally a convert to what i would i'm hearing it's called the solar punk uh science fiction so i definitely recommend those two love them okay yeah interesting what about Uh... you well, I mean, this this reminding me of a science fiction thing that I read in some like junior high literary class that made me never want to read science fiction again. It was probably like Asimov or something, but uh, uh-huh. uh, about ripping animals and parts and this robot flying through them. And uh, people probably know what I'm talking about. I could Google it. It's terrible. I hate it. I don't suggest it. Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> what are what are my suggestions? My suggestions are um, go sailing. Go for a bike Because ride. I've taken that up and uh, I'm trying to get qualified to sail some of these bigger boats. And I don't really know that I plan to ever own a boat, but it's really fun getting out sailing. It's also really yeah. fun. I'm, I'm doing it with my son and we're, we're going on our next one in a couple of weeks and it's really fun to go sailing. Um, and then 
just alternative forms of transportation like bicycles and sailing and you know wind and wheels they're fun um and then what's my other recommendation it doesn't sound like you've had a lot of time to read or watch tv so i mean i read i'm i'm reading a book that i'm really enjoying right now and it's the uh, amazing adventures of cavalier and clay or something oh yeah like that i read that a long Have time ago that? yeah it was great uh, definitely recommend let me let me find the actual name and the author yeah the amazing adventures of cavalier and clay by michael chabon c-h-a-b-o-n i'm not sure how to pronounce it but it is very entertaining what's what's super amusing to me is um the author will go for a very very long time on a backstory he'll take yeah. a tangent to just fill in a backstory for like, a very you need long to know time all this. really well all right now we will yeah. bring the story forward yeah i find that uh, approach to be kind of distracting and a lot of books do that actually i think it's kind of a, a common trope in book in writing and obviously like tv shows also do this a lot but uh, yeah. uh yeah i thought that was a great story i enjoyed it so yeah. i'm glad you're having fun with it yeah well um okay dude thank you <laughs> it's been a while i hope we get a chance to it's get back together it was good yeah and i'm gonna give the uh the, the fair warning to people i have met more interesting leaders in the last six months than i have met in a very long time but finding appropriate time to record an interview with them is hard and could be several more months before I yeah that's okay but i'm gonna try we'll see nobody's yep. the boss uh, we're, of not, us. we're not disappearing <laughs> Well, I keep telling Rachel, hey, I want to keep doing this because I do really enjoy it. And I have met some really interesting people I really think that uh, our listeners would enjoy. But uh, I got to figure out some family things first. And there's some messiness. So yeah, yeah. we'll figure that out. I'll talk to you later. 